0: Numbers chapter 6, I'm going to begin reading in verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Father in heaven, that is our heart's desire, God, uh, to have your face, God, to have your your favor, your grace, your peace, God. God, that's what we want more than anything in this world, God. We want your favor. Father, I pray that you would teach us, God, how to seek this for others. God, teach us how to desire this for our children and their children. Father, teach us how to speak a blessing, how to, how to grab onto the truths that you have told us that you're going to do, the promises that you've made, God, how to, how to believe them and how to, how to proclaim them. Father, we ask that you would be near to us this morning, that your Holy Spirit would both enlighten us and illumine our eyes, and and God, affect the will of our hearts, God, to be the people that you're calling us to be. Father, we pray it in Christ's name, amen. So I I think maybe the the place to begin today is what exactly is this, okay? So when, when Moses... When God tells Moses, Moses, tell the sons of Aaron, tell the priests that they are to say these words. They're to speak these words. They're, they're to say to the congregation of Israel, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious that the Lord may, may that he may lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. What, what exactly is that? Now, I, I, at the beginning of the week, I was just grappling. I was like, okay, is that basically a prayer? You know, is is it a prayer? Oftentimes, you know, I hope that you do this. We'll grab onto. The, the promises of the Bible. I, I, Ephesians 1 is, is probably one I go back to again and again. And I'll look at and see there, okay, this is what God wants believers to have. This is what God wants my children to have. He, he wants their minds to be open to the spiritual riches that God has placed in them. You know, there's a whole string of these, these glorious things in Ephesians 1 that Paul says, you should pray this for other people. You should ask this for other people. Paul is asking this for the church. And so is that what is going on here? It, it, is it simply that the the sons of Aaron are to ask that that God's favor would be upon these people. Well, yes, sort of, not, but no, no, not really, because prayer is talking to God. Like I don't think we should confuse those things. I, I think that actually makes a difference. Prayer is talking to God, and in this case, they're actually talking directly to the people. Okay, so when when we're praying, we're saying we're not we're not talk. You you shouldn't talk to other people when you pray. Eh? You know, like if you want to scold your kid, don't 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 come to God. and and say, God, I just pray that little Johnny would learn, you know, that he's got to listen to me, you know. I mean, I, I don't think that's a very good habit, you know. If you're talking to the Almighty God, you better talk to Him, you know. Your attention better be on Him. You better really be talking to Him, okay. So I, 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 don't, I don't think it's the same as prayer, okay. Uh, but rather it's talking directly to people, but it's not just talking to the people in the sense that we might say, hey man, I hope you have a good day. Hey man, I hope you, hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great holiday. Hope you have a great Christmas. It, it, it is not in that category either, right? Like there, there's something fundamentally different from it about that. And, and, and the way that I would describe the difference is, is when you are offering a blessing, that's kind of what this is called. If you know the word benediction, it's where that comes from. Okay, so when you're offering a blessing, you're doing a couple things. First of all, you're grabbing onto truths that God has said he's going to do, okay, that God has said he wants to do, that that it is his his will to do, okay, in the lives of his people. So you're grabbing onto those truths. In other words, you're not just pulling stuff out of the air that you want, you know, like, hey, God, I think it'd be really great if you got my kid into Harvard, you know, I'm going to give them a blessing of heart. You know, you're not just doing that. You're actually grabbing from the scriptures truths that God has said, and then you're asking them, but you're asking, or you're speaking them to people, but you're doing so in a way that you're asking God to trigger into action those things that God desires for his people, okay? There's a great word. I, 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 was, I was talking to David the other day, and, and he used the word invoke, and I thought, oh, that's a good word, and, and I was really giving him all the credit for it, and then I realized he's just getting that from the Bible, because in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, it actually uses that word in, in the context of a blessing. Okay, so listen to it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20. It says, By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. And so it says, Isaac invoked. Future blessing. What does it mean to invoke? If any of you ever watch courtroom shows, and like somebody will be in a in a bind, they're in a pickle, and all of a sudden they'll stand up and they'll invoke something. They'll invoke like a right or an amendment or a constitutional, you know, the thing. You know, in other words, there's some kind of law, there's some kind of rule that's already in play, that's already exists, that's already established, and what they're saying is, I, I want I want that to be true of me. I, I I'm grabbing onto that law or that rule or that that uh, constitutional right, and, and I'm putting it into action into my life. And, and so when Hebrews 11 speaks of Jacob invoking future blessings on, uh, on his sons, then, then what he's doing there is he is grabbing these promises that God has said that he would do for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and the patriarchs and all of Israel. And he's saying, I'm going to put them into action. I, I like the word triggering. I think that's a good word. I want to I want to trigger the, the action of God into in people's lives. I want to engage the gears of, of God's work and God's grace and, and God's favor in people's lives. In, in a real way, a blessing is different than, than if you're, you're just saying, hey, hey, have a great day, you know, whatever. You know, a blessing is different in the sense that you are actually in some way a participant in in the blessing that we're asking God to pour out. Very very much like spiritual gifts work, okay? So when a spiritual gift works, if you have the gift of teaching, let's say, and you're, you're teaching a class, what you're praying is that the Holy Spirit would actually use your words as his instrument to do spiritual good in people's lives. And in the same way, when you're offering a blessing, I believe there's a spiritual aspect of that, a spiritual gift of the, the power of the Holy Spirit that, that brings into action those things in people's lives. So so. There's definitely a faith element here. You'll you'll notice back to Hebrews 11, in the context of Hebrews 11, it's all about what people did by faith, okay? And so verse 20 says, by faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. So so he was doing so by faith. Now, whenever faith is involved, truth is involved, right? So, So you can't really have faith unless you have truth, right? Because faith is always based on truth. Uh, I mean, here's here's where a lot of people go off the rails in in just uh, even asking things from God it, it, is you have to ask things based on the truth of what God has already said. You, know, you can't be believing things that that don't aren't established in truth. So. So, you know, if I say something like, you know what, I, I just I just really have faith that God's going to enable me to dunk a basketball. You know, at, at 48 years old, almost 49, you know, I just, I just got faith that God's going to do it. What is that based upon? Nothing, you know, nothing but my silly wish, okay? It's not based on truth. It's not based on science. It's not based on muscle. It's not based on anything, but I just, I just really would think it would be cool to do it once, right? Okay, that... That is not what the Bible describes when it talks about faith. Faith is always based on something God has said or is or does. Okay, it's based on God. It's it's believing Him. Okay, so when it says when it says that by faith Isaac invoked future blessings, Isaac is not making this stuff up. He is he is believing what God has said. To Abraham, he's believing the promises that God has made. And so I, I believe that when we're thinking about a blessing, it must be done in faith in the sense of believing the promises and the truth and what God has said. And, and I also believe that even in receiving that blessing, there is an element of faith. There's an element of, yes, I I, I want that in my life. I believe that God will do that. I trust the Word of God. And Right? So I, I think there's faith on both ends here, okay? Now, if I could just pause and, and, and just... But just say some things that I think need to be said here. As a general principle in the scriptures, words matter. Like, I I just don't know that we could say that enough. Like, I think we need to hear that every day. Your words matter. They matter. What you say to your family matters. What you say to your wife and your husband matters. It matters. It's important. It is weighty. Okay, Proverbs 1821 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I mean, that that's serious stuff. Like, Like you should be careful with the words that you say. And not only should be careful, you should be intentional. With the words you say, I, I love. There's a couple of passages in Matthew that just really grab onto me. In Matthew 15, it says in verse 18, says, "What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, and murder, and adultery, and sexual morality, and false witness, and slander." In other words, you know, whatever you whatever you're speaking is coming from somewhere, right? It's coming coming from your heart. And then the other the other verse in Matthew that stirs me up in this section is Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, I believe it is. He says, um, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word that they they speak. For by your words, you will be justified and by, by your words, you'll be condemned. Oh, man, guys, that's serious stuff. In other words, you and I ought to be incredibly intentional with the words that we say. We ought to feel the weight of the power of words to impact people's lives. So we ought to deeply want to say things that bring blessing, okay? That's really what I'm saying. You ought to want to say things that bring blessing. You ought to want to say things that that point people to the Father, that that stir up their affections for God, that that call out that they might receive by faith the things that God is is wanting to do in their lives, that that, that they might believe and want the blessing that God is seeking for his people. Man, words matter. I, I don't know if you've ever had this experience before, but but if you ever prayed for somebody like like maybe they just were having a tough time and they were you know anxious or struggling or whatever, and you just say, hey man, can I just pray for you? And in praying for them, they just break down. You know, I mean just just fall. And, and a lot of times, it's people that you just would never expect that that would happen. Right, and, and what I learned from that is that your words to the Father on people's behalf can be incredibly impactful in their life, and, and, and really just this, uh, just this basic thing here: your desire for good for people. Man, that means something to people. Like when you're you're actually you're actually saying, "Man, I want the best things for you." I am asking God. I'm working. I'm I'm giving effort and energy to for you to have the best things. I mean that. I think some people just need to hear that. Like it's a powerful thing to hear. So so speaking words of blessing over over people is is a spiritually enriching and encouraging thing. To know that you want blessing from me, that you want God's favor on me, that you want God's mercy from me is is powerful. I don't know if you guys, uh, if you've ever read the story of Jacob and Esau in in the Old Testament. Man, if there's ever a, just a powerful story about the, the the significance of a father's words to his sons you know i mean if you get to the kind of the the midpoint of that story you've got two adult guys two really capable actually would go on both of them to be incredibly successful guys you you, you got you got Esau who you, there couldn't be a more man's man than Esau you know I mean this guy he can he can shoot a sparrow out of the sky with an arrow you know I mean I mean he is he is the hunter gatherer truck loving you know bearded you know hairy just guy's guy okay and there's this there's this incredible um uh, verse in Genesis twenty seven thirty four where God ge- or Jacob uh, gives the or I'm sorry Isaac gives a blessing to Jacob his brother and in Genesis twenty seven thirty four let me read it to you it says Esau cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father bless me even me also oh my father this is a grown man. And he is wailing. I, I I don't know what exceedingly great and bitter cry means. Okay, but I, like I, I think that's the top. Like like this guy is is wailing to his dad as a grown man, saying, "Dad, bless me. I, I can't I can't believe that. I, I I can't help but believe that there are guys probably all over the world that that their heart aches for that. Their heart aches for their dad." to to show favor, to say with his words, I am pleased with you. You are my son. You are beloved. All that is mine is yours, you know? It's important. It's significant. Okay, so let's go back to numbers. What exactly is this blessing, okay? Now, let me just summarize it for you, okay? What, What are the sons of Aaron speaking over over God's people. What are they they giving? What are they asking for here? And and I can just sum it up with this. They are asking that the children of Israel would have God. God is the blessing. See, that's that's fundamentally important that you see that. The, The blessing is not that you're always healthy and that you're, you got lots of money and that your life's really easy. And see, that, that's the way people use blessing today. That, that's, that is not the way the scriptures are using it. Okay, the, the blessing is, is God's face. Do you, you notice that? Verse 24 the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And then again, verse 26, the Lord lift up his countenance. What's countenance? It's his face upon you. And give you peace. You know what the blessing is about? It's about God's face. I mean, to be real literal, it's may God look at you. May, may, God, may God turn your head and may, may He look at you. Like there, it's a relational thing there, isn't it? You see that? Like, like what, what does that mean? When 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 you're face to face with someone, that. There's a, there's a relationship there. there. There There's a giving of oneself. There's a presence there. When a father stoops to look into his child's face, to give that child his, his attention and his favor, that, that, that's the picture here. Okay, now, now why, here's why that's so so incredibly significant. Because God is the source of all blessing. There's this interesting verse in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says, um, which he will display at the proper time. This is uh, 1 Timothy 6.15. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Here's the thing that you need to understand about God. He is the blessed one, okay? What what, what does that mean? That God is the blessed one. It means that God is infinitely happy. Did you know that? Man, that's that's cool, isn't it? God is infinitely happy. He is infinitely joyful in himself. That's the best part of that. Not like when you do well, you know, and, you know, on your good days, God's like, man, I feel good about today, you know. And then on your bad days, God's like, man, I'm just depressed, you know, they just can't get it together. No, no, no. God is infinitely happy and joyful and and, and at peace in himself. He is whole in himself. He is complete and full and glorious in himself. And so God is the blessed one and therefore all blessing Comes from Him. In other words, what what the what the sons of Aaron are asking what what they're speaking over God's people is that God's people would have more of God. It's interesting in in 2 Corinthians four. We were here last week. We we camped out in uh, in Second Corinthians last week when we were talking about um, the the face of Moses and uh, uh, glowing after he'd been with God. But there's this great great verse in Second Corinthians four six. It says this. It says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You see that? In the face of Jesus Christ. We, we see the glory of God in Jesus' face, in, in our relationship with Christ. And we have favor, uh, the favor of the Father in the face of the Son because we're joined to the Son. Okay, now, let me just pause and, and say, here's where the word of faith movement, the charismatic movement has hijacked a really powerful thing and just muddied it all up, okay? I, I, think, I think that most of us have been a little leery about, about this kind of speaking a blessing to somebody. You know why? Because most of what we've seen it has been this cheap trinket, dime store stuff, okay? Where people are are speaking a Cadillac over you and speaking, you know that you'll always be healthy and that you'll 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 be uh, you know, whatever sickness free and um I, there's a meme going around about Kenneth Copeland like speaking covid away and you know, I mean just just all of this this cheap trinket stuff. It, it's really like it, to do that with this blessing is like shopping for your fiancés uh, engagement ring and the claw machine—that that's really what it's it's like. Okay, I mean it's just taking something beautiful and, and just using it for this just cheap stuff. It's not what it is. Then you're asking for more of God. And by the way, all of that is so disconnected from the truth of God and the will of God and the promises of God. You you know what the Bible says about us? You're going to get sick and die. Okay. Like I just be on Hebrews nine twenty seven. It is appointed for man to die, and and you're not all going to have BMWs, and it's not God's will that you have it. And in the scriptures, a lot of the guys that had it said, "I'd rather have this than Jesus," and went to hell. Like like that. That's the story of the Bible. And so, don't disconnect it from from the truth of the scriptures. You know, what's really beautiful about us having the glory of of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus, think about this. Jesus became a curse for us. Jesus takes the curse that was rightfully ours and gives us the blessing that was rightfully his. Do Do you understand that? Do you remember in the crucifixion where where Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What's happening there? In some way, God turns his face away from Jesus, the Son. Why? Because he carries our sins. So in other words, God turns his face away from Jesus in order that we might have the face of God in Jesus. So when the sons of Aaron would speak this over the people, they are they're asking for more of God for them. They're asking for God's name upon them. Did, did you see that? So like 27 is kind of a, a summary verse or summary, yeah, summary section of, of the blessing. And he says, so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. So they will put my name upon them. You know, he, he said, if you have my faith, then you're mine. And my name is on you and you belong to me. It's the the New Testament version of adoption. In the New Testament, we are told that if you repent of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ, then you are adopted into God's family and you you have his name. I, I, I love that. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel. What a great image. When you get someone's name, you know, think about this. Asher is a Dirks. What does that mean? That means he's in our, he's our family. He's one of us. That means he comes to Thanksgiving at my folks in Kansas. That means he gets presents from all of our family on Christmas and on his birthday. That means when he gets sick, we take him to the doctor and he's on our health insurance, right? That means when he goes to school, he goes where all the other Dirk's kids go to school. That means when, when he eats supper, he eats at our table. And when we take family pictures, he's right in the middle of them. And when we go on our annual camping trip, he's right in the middle of the tent. It means he gets nipped going up the stairs, just like all the other Dirks kids. It means that my grandpa called the boys in our family "Buzz," and my dad called the boys in our family "Buzz," and I call the boys in my family "Buzz," and he will call the boys. See what I'm saying? Like whatever, whatever it means to be a Dirks, he has it all of it. He has our name, and whatever it means to be in God's family. If you're joined to Jesus Christ, you have that. He puts his name on you. You're you're in his family. He is your father. All that Jesus inherits, you will inherit. You're joined to him forever. You're joined to his resurrection life. He is for you. as the scripture says, if God is for us, then who could be against us? Look at verse 24, Numbers chapter 6. Says the Lord bless you and keep you I don't know what you guys thought of when when you hear that keep you but man I psalm 121 so significant for me back in 2015 uh, we, our family was kind of in turmoil with um, having a new foster son and uh, David and I were headed on a over three week kind of tour around the world and uh, I just did not feel at peace about leaving and uh, so on the plane I just uh, the whole first flight I just memorized Psalm 121. I just, just, that was all I did. I just memorized it. And, And it says this. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand the, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And, and what, what is that picture there? He's going to guard you. He's going he's to preserve you. He's going to protect you. That, that's the picture there. That does not mean that you will not face hard things. It does not mean that, that you'll, you'll never be threatened or attacked It does mean ultimately that none of those things, none of the horrible, none of the wicked, none of the terrible things that enter into your life will ultimately have it over you. That's what it means. It means that by the power of God, you will triumph over all of them. It means that through the protection of God, you will overcome whatever wicked thing this world throws at you. God will see you through in the end. He will enable you to prevail. It means that not even death will be able to hold you, that God will keep you from the grave, that he will bring you to resurrection life forevermore. There's this there's this cool section in Luke, Luke 21. Uh, let, let, let me read it to you. It's Luke 21, 16. And, and it says uh, it says this, you will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends. And some of you, they will put to death. Oh no, like like, like wicked, terrible things will enter this life and you might even be murdered. Because of your connection to Jesus. But let me keep reading. Verse 17, you'll be hated by all for my name's sake. Verse 18, but not a hair of your head will perish. What? Isn't, isn't that beautiful? You'll be hated. You'll be put to death. But not a hair of your head will perish. And those two things aren't inconsistent. God will keep you. Those things will not ultimately prevail over you. Romans eight thirty eight. I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what he's saying there. Back to number six. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. We just talked about that. And be gracious to you. Be gracious. God's grace is the free, unmerited favor of God. It is God backing up his semi-truck full of riches and dumping it all out on you, not because you deserve it, but because he is glorious and because Jesus Christ has purchased it on your behalf. In Ephesians 2, 6, and 7, it says God has saved us. And I love this. He has raised us up. It says he has seated us in the heavenly places in order that in the trillions of years to come that God might display the riches of his grace in kindness toward you. Man, God has got so much glory and grace and riches to pour out, then it's going to take an eternity for him to get all of that out, all that is in him to get that on you. That, that's the glory of the gospel. Man, don't you want that? Would, would you dare trade that for, for the junk of this world, for, the, for your own way? People do it every day. I talk to people every week that are like, well, you know, Jesus wants that, but you know, I, I'm not letting go of this. I'm going to have it my way. Talked to a guy this week, and he just kept coming back to this one thing that he's like, I'm not letting go. I won't let go of it. Man, just looking at it from my perspective, I'm like, you really, you really, you really are going to throw away trillions of years of the glory of God and the riches of Christ for that? Because you want that? That thing that God said is going to kill you in the end anyway? Verse 26, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give, give you peace. What, what is peace? It's kind of the whole package. That's the way I describe it. It's wholeness, it's soundness, it's welfare, it's completeness. It's, it's all the good things that, that make for genuine joy and contentment that God would give you peace. I was picturing in my mind a, a child who feels like he's He's failed and failed his father, but the, the father turns his head and looks at the child and smiles and, like, it's okay. Like, it's all okay. Or, or maybe the child may, may not, maybe he threatened or may feel fearful or anxious, and the father looks at him and, and it's okay. It's okay. I, I, that, that's the way I would describe peace. May he give you the sense of, in the midst of the storm, that it's okay. God has me. Now, question. Do we see this in the rest of the Bible? Okay, so because if we didn't, it would still have application. It's in the scriptures, but like we may say, you know what? Maybe that that was just for that was just for Aaron and, and the children of Israel, and that was for you know them as they're kind of making their way, you know. Uh, man, I, I'm telling you, we see it everywhere in the Bible. Let, let's just start with Jesus, okay? So in, in Mark chapter 10, it says this of, of Jesus, verse 15. It says, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child son, not enter and he took them in his arms, children, he took children in his arms, and he blessed them, laying his hands on them. I wish we knew what he said. Wouldn't that be awesome? But we don't, but we know that he gave them a blessing. When when Jesus ascends in, in to, into, the, into glory, uh, in Luke chapter 24, uh, as he's leaving uh the disciples, it says this in verse 50 and 51. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Okay, what's he doing? He, he's blessing them, okay? So in his ministry, he blessed people. At the end, as he's leaving, he blessed people. But what I was really interested in is, is do we see this in the church, okay? And, and here's my answer, every single I, I, every single book in the New Testament that's written to the church okay so if you if you have your bibles let's just start I don't know how far we'll go this will wear you out if we do the whole thing but but let's start at the beginning of Romans how does Paul open up the beginning of Romans Romans chapter 1 verse 7 he says this to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints grace to you and peace from God our Father in the Lord Jesus Christ what is that what, what is that? What is grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ? My friends, that is a blessing. Let, let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. What's he say to the church at Corinth? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let, let's go to the end of the 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, verse 23. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My my love be with you all in Christ Jesus, amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter one. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter one. Actually, let's go to the end of 2 Corinthians. That's that's actually a better one. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 13 verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You know what I love about that? It's Trinitarian. Do you see that? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. It's like, may the Father bless you, may the Son bless you, may the Holy Spirit bless you. And, and the thing I love about that is in number six, we don't see, we don't see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The, the doctrine of the Trinity had not been developed yet. But you know what we see three times? The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Uh the Lord, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord Cause his face to shine upon you. And and, and and then the next, may the Lord's countenance be lifted up. I mean, we see three times. I, I think we're seeing that. If we go to Galatians even, and Galatians was this broken church that Paul was actually pretty angry with. But in Galatians 1, 3, and 4, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, if we go to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter one, verse two, grace to you, peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus. I'll, I'll let you read the rest of them, okay? But just go through all the epistles of the New Testament. Look at the beginning or look at the end, and what you're gonna find is a blessing. Okay, so now the, the question that really I wanted to get to, should we do this? Well, Paul did. Okay, evidently a lot. Okay, every letter that he wrote, he is he is doing this. Okay, so I'm saying yes. Okay. Second question, how? How do we do this? Okay, here, here would be here would be the things that I think are important. As we think about how. Number one, I think you need to truly desire for people to have the things of God. Okay? I, I want to stop us from just a have a good day. Okay? Because honestly, like if you really don't care that people have the things of God, then please don't, don't 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 try this. Don't don't say, you know, grace to you and peace from God, our Father. If you don't really care. That they have the face of God. If that's not really your heart to burn, then, then by all means, please say have a good day. Please say Merry Christmas. Please say whatever. What, whatever you want to say. But don't say this. Okay? In, in other words, don't make this some cheap thing that just becomes a greeting. Okay? Don't 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 make it that. This is not a magic formula. There's no wizardry here. There's no just, hey, use the right words and you know, magic things will happen. Okay, that that that's that's absolutely not what this is. I would honestly say the biggest hindrance to our giving a blessing to people is the reality that either we don't have a deep desire that people around us have a blessing or we don't value the blessing ourselves, okay? Yeah, I, I don't doubt at all that their, every parent and grandparent in Woodward, Oklahoma, well maybe not every, but let's say 95% of them, I don't doubt at all that they want their children to be well and healthy and their family to be prosperous and to marry well and to have children and grandchildren. I, I don't doubt that. What I'm questioning is, is it your heartache for them to have the face of God? Is that, is that what you deeply desire for your family? I I want you to see God's glory. I want God's name, God's name to be upon you. Is that your greatest desire for the people around you? I think what I'm saying is, what, what if God's grace and peace, God's favor, his glorious face and protection are so important to us, we so hunger for them, that we are continually asking God for it and we are continually speaking it trying to trigger it into people's lives. Maybe the way that we should answer the question, do I really want that for my family? Is, are you working in any other way to see it happen? Does that make sense? So for you to neglect the scriptures, neglect the word, neglect worship, you know make no attempt to, to speak truth as in, in the scriptures, make no attempt to bring people into the study of the scriptures, for you, for you to make no attempts in that and be like, yeah, but I'm going to offer a blessing. Do <laughs> you see why that's a little bit disingenuous? I, I, I think we got to get at, do I really want that for my family? Do I, if I do, then won't I be praying for them? Won't I be speaking to them? Won't I be trying to gauge them into worship? Won't I be trying to bring them into the scriptures? Won't I be trying to help them confess their sins and be right with God and trust him and, and be people of faith? I, th- I think we will. I think we will. I, I don't know how exactly you work this out, but, but I think there's definitely a distinction uh, in, in how you bless people for people that are believers, people that are, are, have repented of their sins and are walking in faith and people who are in rebellion against God. I mean, I, I think it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to trigger <laughs> the, the face of God in people if they won't repent. If they're rebelling against God. but man for believers, oh man, you just you got you got a storehouse of blessings that belong to them that you can by faith and you should by faith call out for. Next, number two, I I think the people you speak a blessing to must have your favor, okay? So, so imagine this scenario. Imagine I'm disappointed with my son and he never measures up and I'm cranky with him and I, I hold back my affection because I'm just, I'm just kind of at odds with him all the time. And then, you know, come come Christmas time and as he's leaving, I say, you know, son, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord shine your face upon. You know, do you see, you see what I'm saying there? I, I, think, I think you got to be careful about a little disconnect there, okay? If they don't have your favor, how are you going to ask for them to have God's favor? I think that much of what would hinder us from offering a blessing to our families is broken relationships and strained relationships and cold relationships and relationships with no no grace, with no gospel. Get right with your family that you may be able to offer them your face and to ask that God's face be upon them. In a general sense, I would say that we should seek to bless people in general with our words. Um, In general, I think think we should strive to, to speak words of encouragement, to speak the things of God, to stir them up, to spur them forward in Christ and in the mission, to speak affirming words of God's work in people's lives, to speak appreciation for the work of God in and through them, to speak affection and care and comfort in Christ. Did you notice how each one of those I linked with Christ? And so, so it's okay for you to say, man, you're a great hitter. Man, you, you shoot baskets like nobody else. That, that, that's fine. That, that, I, I think those are good things. Like kids need to hear that stuff. But what I'm saying is let, let's step up even another level. And, and let's say, man, I am affirming what I see God doing in you. I, I am appreciating the work of God in you. I, I, am, I am encouraging. The, the, I'm stirring up what I see, how you're responding in faith to God. You see what I'm saying? Like, like actually aiming that right at the best things. One, one of the reasons that this should be really important to us is because people have spiritual amnesia. Man, if you've ever read your Old Testament, what, the theme of the Old Testament should ought to be we forget, right? Like, oh, we forgot, God, we forgot, we forgot. Like, it's this continual forgetting of the goodness of God. And I mean, how powerful would it be if, if our blessing was something that just reminded them of the best thing over and over again? So I think as a believer, you should be blessing other believers. Last night I uh things were really busy. I think we had 14 birthday parties yesterday. Something you're laughing. I that I don't think that's an exaggeration. We had a lot. Adults, kids, all over. And uh so we didn't really see each other till night. And uh Emma was taking Asher through to taking to bed and I'm sitting on my computer at the dining room table. And I said, son, and he looked up. And I said, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you. I think I even pulled in the New Testament one. I said, grace and peace be upon you, son. And he like jarred him, you know. And he, he kind of looked, he said, thanks, dad. And then he turned around, he came over, just way around the table and gave me a hug and went to bed. I don't don't know what's going on in a six-year-old's mind, but it was kind of cool. May God's favor rest upon you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessing in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that you took the curse for us, that that the Father's face was turned away, that, that his face might shine upon us. Jesus, you you are our blessing. And Jesus, we want more of you. God, we want our families to have more of you. We want our children to have more of you. God, we want your face shining upon us from generation to generation. God, you're that good. You're that powerful. God, enable us to work for that.